0: I'm creator and host, Kat Lively, and welcome to Calling Old Hollywood, the podcast where because of the future, the past will not be forgotten. For more updates, news, and information, visit callingoldhollywood.com. And don't forget to visit the YouTube channel, where you can watch the podcasts and step back in time with me as I take you to classic Hollywood and historic locations. Without further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host, Cat Lively, and my guest this week is Fred Stoller. How are you? How's it going today?
1: Pretty good, pretty good, pretty, uh, you know, nice out. Uh, got to return a rental car. Uh, someone hit my car a month or two ago and oh. only paid for it for a month, the rental car. So I will have an adventure of just lift until I fix it.
0: Oh my god. So what happened? Was it like a hit and run or what was it?
1: No, I was driving. I made a right and all of a sudden I feel smashing. I go, what did I hit? How did I hit something? So what happened is this guy, he has a bigger car like an SUV. He opened the door without looking so I got more damage than him. And uh, he said, you were driving fast which I wasn't. So the insurance said it's his fault and so i will eventually get the deductible back this is really fascinating i'm sure it <laughs> <is>. <laughs> it's okay so uh <laughs> just um i guess something's going on with china i don't know what parts are hard to get mm-hmm. so that's my thing after this is return the rental car and then uh just uh, have an adventure of not having a car yeah get it which is it's not too bad i i live in a very walking neighborhood. Mm-hmm. No, so you. you I've walked to so many things. So, unless there's a job, uh, I think I'm okay. It's good, just, just left for the moment,
0: yeah. The reason reason I asked too. This has been happening a lot lately. An Amazon driver hit me a week ago, and I was parked. An Amazon delivery truck.
1: You mean opening their door or something? No,
0: no, no. This is the this is the comical part about it. Was that I was literally parked on the side of a street in my car and i was talking on the phone before i was getting ready to leave and all of a sudden this amazon driver was coming around the corner and they literally hit the back of me they just hit me
1: <laughs> oh i'm sorry Crazy. You
0: okay oh yeah i'm okay they um they they uh they took care of it right away luckily because it's amazon you know so got that oh, um but uh weird. it was just weird it was so odd couldn't believe that that happened I kept-
1: Seinfeld and Jerry fell asleep you're lucky at least you got something to do sometimes (laughs) something to do isn't that lucky but uh, you know yeah yeah
0: absolutely so for the listeners now that they've heard about our car stories um you are gosh is there anything you haven't done i mean um from comedy acting uh voiceover you've written a few books where do you find the time where did you get started with all of that? oh i have
1: a lot of time well i've been here since 88 my first job was 1990 mm-hmm. so it's it's you know luckily a lot of stuff but it's spread out over 30 years mm-hmm. so it's not I've all been doing it you know every day right uh, my- her, uh, she'd always go what do you do during the day she couldn't understand she's <laughs> from another generation where you know you, you you get a job you have kids right you go to work today so she would freak out she'd call me and i'd answer what do you why are you answering the phone why are you home during the day i don't understand <laughs> so uh <laughs> yes. so I I, I I do find the time um yeah it's like that cliche feast or famine um or Like, uh, I hadn't worked in a while, but then um, in January, I had two uh, on-camera jobs, and they kept getting interrupted because people were testing positive for mm-hmm. the new mm-hmm. So it was very crazy to work during the pandemic where you have to get to Paramount. One job is at Paramount, and they test you in the morning, and you wait in a room so you can let, be let out and all the protocols. So
0: right. it's
1: interesting and nerve-wracking.
0: I can only imagine I, I did a lot of I had some featured roles And some extra stuff And, and just some, some Typical kind of On set PA type stuff Before the pandemic I haven't been back On a set Since then And But the stories I've heard I'm going I don't know If I want to Um, It's a, it's a lot It's a lot of stuff
1: Yeah I wasn't so scared Of getting the Omicron Because I'm boosted But mm-hmm. I didn't want to Lose these jobs Right um, I did some voiceovers, they came to my place to test me, so, but it is fascinating, you know, just how a whole sound stage is like a lab, and, you know, and they test you, and you wait online, and
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: it's just, there's certain areas, no mask areas, and, and it's so silly how you have to rehearse and do run-throughs and table reads with a mask, but not when you're shooting, so. Right. It's just it is interesting it was crazy
0: was there a lot of things going on like that too like um via zoom how was the pandemic for you with all of that
1: uh pandemic was um yeah i didn't do too much you yeah. know um i i did keep busy for a while on cameo yes um cameo is where uh you know if people can get a shout out like i like i'm dumb and dumber i what did my expression get off the phone or friends or seinfeld mm-hmm. and uh so you know it was hard at the beginning of the pandemic people weren't going out and to get gifts or people wanted to wish people well who were sick or they you know couldn't see each other so uh I was busy with Cameo, and mm-hmm. I only did one job, one, a few jobs. Um, uh, Rick and Morty, I did a little part. Yeah, and and I, you go to the sound place, the studio, and you, you're supposed to bring your own headphones, and mm-hmm. so it, it's it's pretty safe doing recording because right. you're behind. As some closure
0: yeah i would think voiceover is a lot easier at least with with all of that kind of hoops and the rigmarole of, yeah. of the covid at and first, everything
1: at first they weren't doing them in studios like they were using a lot of voiceover people who have studios at home mm-hmm. so i'm i don't really i don't really have that kind of good equipment so yeah. but then they start going back but yeah they had zoom with the directors and I just did one last week, uh, two episodes of a new show. And, you know, yeah, the directors are on Zoom. You see the, you know, the the thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just crazy.
0: It's a weird time we're living in, definitely.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Origin stories. Um, so you, you were born in Brooklyn. And I'm assuming you were raised in New York and all of that. Is that where you, what was your first exposure to... Uh, to comedy to film where did that interest really begin for you
1: well I, I grew up in Brooklyn New York and Sheepshead Bay and it wasn't that you know the new artsy kind of Brooklyn you know that's I'm not familiar with it well there are different sections I grew up it was like you know small-minded racist like Saturday Night Fever Welcome Back Cotter yeah you know Brooklyn you'd see on the old shows now Brooklyn is like the tv show girls and all that
0: yeah and hipster um, gentrified now
1: so, and i'm old so we didn't have the internet or mm-hmm. cable so you didn't really know how showbiz worked now you know you could watch, you know before the internet dvd behind the scenes so i had no idea how you got into showbiz i i kind of assumed i heard stories you had to be a shawl doctor you know your parents had to start you I didn't know how you did it. So I really didn't have the dream so much. Um, I knew the real world wasn't for me. Yeah. But I didn't know what I was gonna do. But so then there was a comedy club in Pittsburgh and she said they in our neighborhood called Pips. Mm-hmm. And uh was before the comedy boom of the eighties. Right. Richard Lewis and Billy Crystal, before they made it big, were the comedians. Mm-hmm. And I went with my oldest sister, I didn't know what a comedy club was. I didn't really know anything or it would stand up. I wasn't, they didn't have like comedy nerds back then, you yeah. know, comedy. Now it's, you know, obviously bigger. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of old school, kind of old, uh, cat skulls, you know, right. uh, but then my, one of my sister's friends was telling me, he goes, there's a club in Manhattan called the improv mm-hmm. and Richard Lewis and Billy Crystal, um, no, no 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 um jimmy walker and freddie prince
0: oh yeah 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 all right
1: they did their act at the improv then they got on the tonight show and they got on the sitcom so that planted the seed in my head oh that's how you get to be i i love character actors yeah mm-hmm. you know like the bob newhart show and oh, everything cool. but i didn't hit yeah. did it completely so then it made me have the fantasy even though I was very, very, very shy, very depressed,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and I wasn't comedic, I wasn't funny, but I thought I could um, only have to get up on stage twice mm-hmm. and uh, be a, you know, uh, get discovered. Yeah. So, so I just put together an act when I was seventeen, and it was only... Corny jokes, you know, about <laughs> in a bad neighborhood. I would just listen to Richard Pryor albums. Yes, and I didn't live in a bad neighborhood. Not too bad, mm-hmm. but you know, that's what I thought you had to do. It. I quit for a while, and it was very difficult. But I just started hanging out at the Improv in Manhattan, and I still was shy and depressed, but. That became my persona. My head was down. I couldn't look at the audience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, then the comedy boom of the '80s hit, and there was lots of work around New Jersey, Long Island, and Connecticut.
0: Yeah. So you kept with it. But how were you? Um, how were you initially perceived when you when you went up there when you had uh, stage time?
1: Well, when I came back, I quit for three years, and I came back when I was 20.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you hardly would. You'd have to pay your dues and hang out. Yeah. And and once every few weeks, I get on like two in the morning, so no one was paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. But then I I started just doing you know stuff that was true about my mother. Like she's she's uh, there's not a lot of warmth and affection between me and my mother. I asked her about it. I said, Mrs. Stoller and <laughs> and just uh just jokes. My mother's always comparing me to my brother. He's better than me in this and he's better than me in that. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a brother. So, <laughs> yeah. Stuff that, that ha- you know, didn't happen, but right. just how my mother put me down. And mm-hmm. so, and I couldn't look at the crowd because I was so shy. So, that became sort of my persona. Right, right. So, little by little,
0: it got you know, more refined. people
1: were uh, mm-hmm. saying you're unique. And then, and then though all the clubs popped up, and sometimes I didn't do so well in the suburbs because you know people were drunk, they're in bars, they like the high energy acts, the dirty acts. Yeah. But but when the sophisticated or more Manhattan people would see me, they they enjoyed it and uh, said this guy's unique. So, so I, it was okay. Um, But I didn't love being a comedian. It was interesting, but I didn't want to... I wasn't like a Bill Burr who wanted to do an hour and have concerts and specials. I just wanted to be a character actor.
0: Yeah, completely. So you and, and you have done... I mean, you've done quite a bit. Everything Everybody Loves Raymond. You know, you've written two episodes of Seinfeld. You did Friends, Scrubs, so many different things. Do you what 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 was your um i know we talked about the start in comedy but what what brought you out to la what got you into the what what were the first steps that you took into getting into this this kind of stuff
1: well it's a back then it was very scary to come to la you know if you don't have a gig if someone didn't like they called it pluck you Mm -hmm. like bring out and saw you in new york so I wouldn't know, you know, it was, took me a while to come out because where do I start? What do I do? You know, right. if you don't have it. It's a scary place. So what happened was um, around 1986 or 87, I, I, you know, I was doing some stuff in New York, like uh, David Brenner, an old comedian, sadly died. Mm-hmm. I, he had a, a failed late night talk show, but I was like a writer on it. Yeah. And putting myself in sketches. So that helped me get an agent, William Morris. Mm-hmm. They, they would look for new young people, which I guess I was sort of. And then they had an agent agency out here, you know, obviously, William Morris. So I, um, I came out like in 87 or 88 to try it, stayed with a friend and was auditioning for pilots because mm-hmm. you know i was with the agency so then i so then i it just hit me i should just move here because i was going on auditions and i just kind of sensed i got all i can get out of new york
2: yeah and,
1: yeah. and just took me like two years to book my first acting job mm-hmm. um when i first moved out here in 88 mm-hmm.
0: and what what was yeah. the, what was the first job that you got
1: it was uh, a show, only went four episodes, called Slinger and Sons about a Jewish deli. Yeah. It's very fashion. Like the shows I was on, like The Nanny,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Amen, Empty Nest, they, they feel so antiquated, you know, today's sitcom, Client, you know. Right. Uh, you know, it's just. You know, edgy and dirty and young dudes and bros and whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was very old-fashioned, but I played a nervous guy that, that was too much of a schmuck to take over the deli. Yes. And it only went four episodes, yeah. Got it.
0: Crazy. So all of this, when you when you book a show, when you're acting or, or, or doing all of this, what what is that sensation? What is it that, like, has pulled you... To continue doing all of this what is it that you love so much about it
1: well like I said I didn't I wasn't like a comedian that loved the road I would do well low-key and subtle and it didn't feel right Mm -hmm. you know it was my heart wasn't in it and just just as a kid I used to love character actors. I used to love the weird guys that would pop up on Barb Newhart, like yeah. when I became friends with Jack Riley, who was a depressed, uh, miserable guy in the therapy group. And I guess I used, I used to love, like, reading TV guy um, who was working, who had guest parts, ones I would recognize. You know, the old days when there were only three channels, even before Fox, mm-hmm. so you kind of abs. On who's working. And I used to just love reading TV Guide. I used to love reading the credits like, oh, this guy, this guy. I used to love like black um, uh, p- people, obscure black actors. Well, they weren't happy they were working. So maybe deep down, that's what I was uh, wanting to be because that's what I loved, you know? Yeah. I didn't have the confidence that I could be a star, but I just loved those little character actors. So pop
2: up, I, yeah.
1: I think when I started popping up, it felt more like real showbiz than, um, the, you know, in a bar or where they don't pay you. Or you there was a, a movie that wasn't about comedians, but about, um, um, uh, called The Fabulous Baker Boys, about singers. Yeah. It felt very analogous to being a comedian, which, so when I started popping up on shows, you know all those little dreams of my name in TV guide mm-hmm. again, uh, just 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 um, crossing paths with um, you know the guy on uh, Empty Nest from Soap. Yeah. So I um, it was stressful because uh, being a guest star, you you know you're you're on eggshells. You can't flub a line. You hope they bring you back. You you know everything's under the microscope, but. It kind of felt, to me, like real show business.
0: Completely. So when you, yeah. who are some of your, on those, like, these shows that you've been a guest star on and continue to, um, who are some of the, your your favorite people that you've worked with? Do you have any funny stories or memorable stories? It, you
1: know, ones for different reasons, like, I mean, this is, this is really obscure, but mm-hmm. I love the movie Hair. Mm-hmm. Williams, yes. I loved him. Yes. And it's a show with Shelly Long, no one heard of, called Good Advice. Mm-hmm. But I, I was hanging out and he was telling me all the behind-scenes stories of hair. Oh my gosh. Weird yeah. things. Like uh, when I was on Raymond, I loved the movie Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. So Charles Derning, who died, was a was the star of that. And Peter Boyle from Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in. 70s so i loved when i would hang out with someone from some you know some of my favorite 70s movies yeah or um, i mean i loved well tony shalhoub from monk mm-hmm. and um, I think this was the sweetest guy and and then the late norm mcdonald uh, oh you know, yeah friend, yeah Were you... we laughed our asses off working on he had a show the norm show yes um me and him and Artie would sneak off and play tennis. <laughs> and because no had to beat him, and we'd be, he'd be throwing rackets, and, and and they couldn't find us. Just silly. Just, uh, Arm was the funniest. So That's it silly. just, he didn't care about the show. He was more interested in tennis. So I had some big laughs working with him. He seemed like such Unreal. an amazing guy. I, was, I met
0: him briefly one time, um, and he just seemed like such a delight.
1: He could be on. He just was a charmer in that, hey, how you doing? All right, all right. Like, <laughs> that was his persona. Just, yeah, just, uh, what's going on? Where'd you meet him?
0: Oh, uh, on David on the set of David Spade's old show, Lights Out. It was it was very brief. Oh. Yeah. But I remember, because I grew up, I was such, I mean, my, I myself am such a fan of comedy, and, and Norm was always one of my favorites. He just had such a quality about him. As everybody knows, you know, he just was so yeah. one one in a million.
1: I with him uh, a few years ago. I thought I could come back to stand up. I was opening for him. <laughs> and it's just like what you think it would be like he's he could be a ball buster. He's like a kid. He can't Drive. He doesn't know how to do Uber. He has <laughs> to do the assistant. Yeah, and it got it got a little annoying. Where I said, No, I'm I don't need this. I don't want. I'm not going to be Baba Bully, You know, like <laughs> yelling at me if, if he said I did something wrong."
2: Yeah,
1: but we laughed our asses off. Like I said, it still was yeah. yeah, so legendary. I mean, um, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. So sometimes you cross paths with some legendary people like i said i grew up not a comedy fan but more a movie fan so when i got to work with um people from movies from the set yes or yeah like street williams from hair like Mm -hmm. i said or um other people from shows i grew up watching yes it was really exciting did you? Oh, I, I did. I, I was on a show, Amen, mm-hmm. and worked with Sherman Helmsley from the Jeffersons. So yeah. Just the fact uh, doing stuff like that was fun.
0: It's like really special moments in time. Like you know, I've had some moments like that too. It's like you grow up kind of watching these people and they become your you know your Thursday night entertainment they become all of these things and then it's it's just it's almost like a full circle years later where you're face to face and you're kind of working on something or you just cross paths exactly you know it's it's a really
1: I wrote in I was on a show Handy Manny a kids animated show Mm -hmm. and I wrote some episodes and one was with Henry Winkler so oh
2: man yeah
1: I I, I, um, on animation you, you get to work with people like uh Marion Ross from Happy Days, yeah. or um, or Fred Willard. I became a friend. Oh, okay. and Fred Willard would have these parties,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and would have all these people like shows you probably don't ever heard of. Mary Hartman, yeah, so, uh, people from soap, from Laughing, yes, you know, all knew Fred Willard, so um,
0: he was amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got to work with him. Yeah, I mean, things I'm thinking about I take for granted. Like, um, I I wasn't in a scene uh, when I was on Sabrina. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I was in an episode with Martin Mulls. Yeah, and I grew up, you know, and I said I don't know if I could say we work together because you know we're not really in a scene together. Goes oh we're on the same check or something like that. Yeah. Uh, checks the same, but. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, Norm said it, because the people you're most excited to meet are the ones before you got into showbiz. You know, now we're jaded, but the ones, yes, that stuck. And actually, full circle is like, you know, I've done some kid shows, like Drake and Josh. Or
0: mm-hmm. Ned's a classified other. yeah, yeah.
1: And when you're doing it, you're going, this is just stupid, or... Whatever, I'm not making the same network money. But then when I you grow up you realize that it's part of their childhood, that when now when someone is twenty three and recognizes me, I I oh, you, you saw Drake and Josh. So I realize it's very special
2: mm-hmm. to
1: be part Politics, oh, okay. just doing even some guest spots on kid shows.
0: Right, right. So it's kind of in in that in that vein. You've kind of become, in a way, what what you know the people that you looked forward to working with were to
1: you. Yes, yes I didn't realize that. You know, like for a while I was embittered, I wrote that book. Maybe we'll have you back. The frustration that I was never really a regular; I was a guest guy. But now that I look back, I think I kind of became what I would. I would have been a fan of just some guy who was this guy I want to see him more you know so Mm
2: -hmm. it's
1: kind of uh I appreciate it more as I've gotten older
0: definitely I mean when you have when you have that ability to look back in hindsight because oftentimes it's like when you're you're going, you're going, you're going, you, you don't have a lot of time to look back and, and kind of look at all the progress or look at, you know, as much as what you've done. But yeah, no, you're totally right. It's, it's, it is. It's that, Right.
1: It's at amazing. first when I was more in it, um, I was more like, the, the frustrations, you see all on the set, the millionaires talking about their, you know, whatever, going to the Yemmys and their houses and their summer houses Mm -hmm. and you go, Oh, why can't I be a regular? And But, but now that I, I appreciate having many different adventures.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's been, you know, everything but boring. It's, you know, it's been exciting. Do you have any, um, talking about character actors, any like classic character actors? Like one of my favorites of all time would be like Don Knotts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, let me think for a minute.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, in a perfect world, I would have liked to have uh, done more drama, like a Steve Buscemi. Yeah, you know, like he's done comedy. He's been. I would have loved to uh, been a bad guy in a movie, a killer, mm-hmm. a cop. I mean, I like people that you know. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I loved. Uh, well, it's funny. Like I said. The, the ones I gravitated to weren't even stars, like um,
2: yeah.
1: um, Jack Riley from the Bob Newhart show. Mm-hmm. Or, well, what am I? You know, there's an expression don't meet your heroes. Right. I met Donald Sutherland, who was a total asshole, but I <laughs> loved him. He was like a character actor, but he was, he kind of was goofy and comedic and. I used to like him, but he—I uh, was an extra on a movie he started. And it's a stupid story, but um, no, not at th- all. Trying to think, who else? Um, yeah, like Fred Willard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I love Don Knotts. Um, mm-hmm. Just comedic. Uh, you know who? You know, I when I was uh, when I would. Did you ever see Good Times?
0: Of course, yeah.
1: I I never saw you know back then a skinny goofy black guy like mm-hmm. uh and i was very skinny i mean i'm still skinny but i was a stick figure yeah so i gravitated towards jj walker i mean right. i, I love that character you know um jimmy walker you exactly. know i thought he was so funny
0: yeah it's super super memorable no
1: a- a- yeah. iconic it's people from the 70s um yeah, i just, um, but, uh, really? yeah, I guess I was, you know, Joe Pesci, you know, um, mm-hmm. so many.
0: Yes. So talking about, talking about all these people, talk about some of the things that you've written. You wrote two episodes of Seinfeld, and you wrote a, an ebook about it as well.
1: Right, my Seinfeld yearbook. It was like being a yeah. staff writer. And I, I knew Larry David from, uh. Stand up days,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he's a little older than me. But for a while, he was taking um, comedians um, who he started with and just you know, milking them with their stories. Mm-hmm. So I bumped him at a uh, Friend surprise birthday party, and it sort of led to me being on staff for a season. And I wrote the episode I wrote was not the soup Nazi, the soup, where in real life. This annoying comedian gave me a Armani suit. Said, "Just give me a meal for it. We're even." Yeah, and we went to Jimmy's Deli. He said, "I'm just gonna have soup. I'll save the meal." Mm-hmm. And that became the episode and some other stories.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. What was that? So, what was that process like for you? Was that the first? Um, you know, obviously you've written a lot with you know with comedy and different stuff like that. You've had to, but was that the first? Um, you know, as far as writing an episode, was that the first of that with the Seinfeld?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, um, it was, that, that's why the, you know, I wrote the uh, Kindle single book, uh, my Seinfeld year. It was kind of maddening because most shows there's a table and you do it together and they figure out the process. Mm-hmm. They map out the stories. This one, everyone was on their own. Yeah. And everyone was trying to uh, write their own, um, uh, episodes and no one was really helping each other out you were on your own
2: right. you had to
1: track down Jerry or Larry and, and and pitch them a story so it was very maddening and there was one guy who pretended to be my mentor but he was sort of sabotaging me oh. so it was, it was amazing to get stories on and to be on the set and see as you said some of the other amazing character actors mm-hmm. you know but um uh, but it was it was a maddening, isolating
0: that's the word I was going to say, isolating process yeah, to very
1: write. Isolating. You mm-hmm. don't really learn anything because you're not on in on the process, so um, that's why I think the book did well. It was just a very maddening, unique story,
0: yeah. It's crazy though. But what what was it like when you finally saw the episodes, like on screen?
1: Well, first first it's pretty amazing that when they said they're going to do your episode and you write the four storylines, and then jerry and larry kind of shut the door and they kind of retweak it and but when i first saw they printed out the scripts you know written by fred Mm Stoller, that i knew this was the 94 95 season but it was pretty big then
2: yeah
1: That, you know, just seeing my name on a Seinfeld written by... That
0: had to be the uh, best feeling ever.
1: Yes, it was, it's, you know, you know, it was a show that I, you know, I knew, what is it, like, 25 years later, it's still, you know, it's pretty big still. Yeah. Um, So, uh, I kind of knew that, okay, this is, this is pretty cool even if it goes no further than this, that I had this happen. Mm-hmm. So I, it was... But you were cautiously happy because you're always on eggshells. Like, like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and it's uh, a stupid idea. And, and I would get out of his way. I was very intimidated. Right. So, you know, always on eggshells. Will they change it? Will this, that? But I kind of knew, all right, this is, this is pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so then usually there's a live audience that episode for some reason wait no there was a live audience so the one I acted in there was no live audience Mm -hmm. but um you know my friend Joel from Brooklyn flew in to watch the taping Mm -hmm. my friend Bob came I think with his daughter his son you know so so uh, it was very very exciting and you know back then we didn't have iPhones Mm -hmm. but we still still have pictures we took pictures. You know. being on the set so yeah it was um i knew all oh, right so i knew i was still on tenuous ground because i knew i wasn't i got those four story lines you had a picture jerry kramer elaine and george story and i was having trouble getting a jerry story approved for my second episode because he doesn't have as many flaws he's not you know right and, So I knew I was kind of not doing so well getting my um, second story on, Mm -hmm. but, but it was like that day was a day to celebrate, but then back to the drawing board, you know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Celebrating cautiously, but also, yeah. I mean, super commendable. And then like, yeah, like you said, just right back to it, right back to the next thing completely.
1: Right. Being on my own. Trying to get another storyline approved and striking
0: out. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, that, yeah. it's just, you know the episodes that you did right were just like you said. I mean, they're still pretty big. I mean, people know these episodes, so it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's uh you know
1: it's it's uh, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where do you find um, inspiration? You know, when you. Like something like this, or, or or you know, guest appearance or doing voiceover. Where do you, you know, clearly there's rehearsing, there's memorizing, there's all that. But how do you get into, how do you get into the characters?
1: You know, it's uh, it's funny. Like I, I wrote my book that you know I, I have auditions and I'm being myself, yeah. and they go not pathetic. So yeah. I guess natural schmucky. <laughs> get I developed this persona that even when I'm not you know putting it on mm-hmm. and it out yes. uh, so I don't fit into puzzles either they want me or not mm-hmm. and that's wasting my time with an audition you know I don't you know I'm the, just you know I'm almost from a different era like the shows like Barney Miller and where everyone was a character now Shows are so real where you, you know, they, if you're a guest, it's more information, right? Not as good as when the shows I grew up watching or were on, yeah, where every fine part was a character. Now mm-hmm. it's so real where they don't want you to be a character, you're a distraction. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I, which is kind know, of shame I remember i go to acting class, take a, a coach for a while, then I bumped into this uh, actor I knew. And I said, how do you uh, prepare? I said, "Uh, do you have substitutions? He goes, it just comes out in the words. You say the Mm words. And I really, like, it's not too much to figure out, you know.
0: Talking about the character actors versus, you know, you make a really, really strong point there with how things are kind of more realistic now. I mean, you know, when I think of sitcoms, I grew up with... You know, I'm still fairly young. I'm like 28, but I was raised in a household where we were watching like Mork and Mindy and Three's Company, and right. you know, it's like that's the stuff. I too,
1: and, yeah, um, right. So that's why. Yes. Yeah, so now I I had some auditions a few years ago, like for ballers or something, mm-hmm. and they go more straight, more straight. Where unless you're one of the leads, mm-hmm. um, they're not too comedic. All the guest stars serve the leads, or they're just, like I said, giving information. Like, I had an audition for a show, Speechless, a few years ago, an administrator.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'd be a schmucky one, but they wanted not a distraction, like it's also real, and not, like you said, not, like, Mark and Mindy, or, um... Right. Uh, What was the other show? Oh, yeah. Threes,
0: yeah, Threes Company, yeah.
1: My agent wanted me to audition for a part on Fresh Off the Boat, and he had to be an auctioneer and, and be a real auctioneer, which... I'm not, and, like, I'd be good at schmucky, nervous auctioneer, you know, but, no, they they want, like, real so much that, um, (laughs) you know, the two jobs I did in January, one was for Nickelodeon kids' show, one was at Disney, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: those are still that old style where it's sort of every part is kind of a character. It's a little more... Yeah, it's more know? whimsical.
0: I feel like there's more life. I mean, there's more life in shows like that. I mean, not necessarily kid shows, but you know what I'm saying. Right. The now, like,
1: I tried watching that A.D. Bryan show, mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, Trill. Yes. And everyone is so brooding, or they're like hipsters with the goatees, you know? And right. it's just... Yeah, so I'm almost... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm from an old-fashioned thing where every part was, yeah, like you said, Mark and Mindy, just uh, a character.
0: Yeah, and and I um, loved that. It was this kind of childlike, almost this whimsical air about these kind of shows and things nowadays, yeah, I mean, things are so serious and it's also or
1: it's it's so, again, I'm not a prude. I like Mm -hmm. nudity or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's just this trying so hard to be edgy, you know, like talking about, you know, whatever, like oh the condom You did you take it off or this or that mm-hmm. which you're trying to be so real where it's just you know like pushing the envelope where I mean there's some comedians like you know I mean Louis CK forget the scandal for a while <clears throat> he's a genius and great but sometimes it's not him or others we get it you're, you're pushing it you know right, right. it's like it's, it's just like
0: sit so back you know, and have some fun hey, a you're bit. talking
1: about rape it's like yeah it's like not that I'm squeamish about it, but, you know, you're trying so hard to show, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, completely, completely. What do you think, I mean, what do you think the future of, I mean, right now, obviously, we're seeing a lot of things that are that are changing. You know, I've got a lot of friends yeah. in comedy where they're like, you know, we're, we're going through this thing right now where it's like, is this okay? Is this not okay to say? Is this going to, are you going to get canceled on Twitter because of, you know, ABCD? What do you think about all of that?
1: I mean, in some ways, you know, people whine so much about cancel culture. Like, yeah, you know, it, it is, there are stuff, but don't be an asshole,
2: you
1: mm-hmm. know? Just some them like, like I don't know, guy like Harry Shafir, he like overdoes it. Oh, you don't be a pussy. Hey. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, don't be a jerk, you know? But yeah, some of it, um, some of it. Again, I'm not moaning too much about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand like I mean I'm friends with this guy, Robert Carrigan, who was in Revenge of the Nerds, right? And um, you know, they did a joke where you know he had sex with a woman with a Darth Vader mask, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: oh, it turns out it wasn't the cool guy. So you could argue that's sort of non-consent or yeah. looking at them pressing naked. You know, yeah, you can't do that today. I don't, you know, but I don't have that big a problem. You know, times
0: change. Yeah, and um, I get it to a point. Know, I think, yeah, I mean, I love. I I I have. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the evolution and the progress, like you said, kind of don't be an asshole. But there are certain things I'm like, well, comedy's comedy. It's like you know, we. It's kind of we're making light of serious situations, and yeah, we're making fun like, of fun um, situations. You know
1: yeah i mean yeah it's 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 fractured into lots of different things um i mean there's some people a comedian i won't name his name he's great
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um i probably know i i would assume you know he won he, he would love to do stuff about trump yeah. but but his fan base is probably a little bit more racist than he... He comes off as, you know, the regular guy, the blue-collar guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows he couldn't talk about what the fuck did Trump say? What? This yeah. is ridiculous. But I think he plays to this blue-collar thing, so you can't do... this stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do,
0: yeah. you know... which is, that's, like, you know, that kind of stuff is completely understandable. And it's a good I thing, mean, yeah.
1: No, I mean, I... I remember a few years ago, before Trump got elected and was running, I, I watched Rob Schneider mm. do some joke at a comedy club out in Orange County, and he did a joke. Well, not uh, Schneider is for Trump, but uh, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Kind of putting down him and they were booing him. So, mm. you know, it's just yeah. So I don't know where it's going. I, I hope, I hope my kind of stuff can come back where you know just light and silly and exactly and not trying to you know show that hey we're the grittiest we're like for example you know like uh Louie again who has done amazing stuff but you try yeah you know a lot of comedians when i did comedy comedians weren't cool nerds weren't cool or they weren't like bravado like you know, it wasn't like tough guys like the Joe Rogan bros yeah. or the cool nerdists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no one was like, Fuck you, you'll be a pussy. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, so that kind of you can't say things anymore. It's sort of exactly. like they're almost racist, like, you know, so I mean I mm-hmm. think there are some things. All right, I mean I'm an example. Like um I grew up putting myself down and like I call it the R word, retarded. I would just say not putting down people who have, you know, Down syndrome or um, what's it called, um, Asperger's or
2: yeah. Um,
1: it's so just right. it was it was an adjective. Like, God, I'm so retarded. It's retarded. Retarded mm-hmm. was more for people who I think Louis has actually done a bit who who not retarded but are um, you know, them more retarded then real retard you know what i mean yes but i i could not say that word i wasn't i understand it's the rocketer you're a retard but oh, this is so retarded so it, it got to a point where okay even though i know i'm not putting down the struggle of someone with a mentally challenged kid or you know um it's just easier not to uh say it like when i opened for norm he did some joke about um you know oh my son well he's dead now or something like that you know mm-hmm. like a joke yes and someone go to my son died and so rather than fuck you like an Ari Shafir guy would do or a little pussy or mm-hmm. you know uh he just said he stopped doing it you know like right. someone's gonna if it's going to hurt someone so badly, you don't got to be a jerk.
0: Right, right. You just kind of adjust and fine-tune accordingly. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's the trial and error of comedy. That's like you get up there and some things bomb, some things are hit. You just, you know, you don't know until you try. But it's definitely yeah, a Yeah, I shoot.
1: mean, it, it would bother me, like, I had a joke. I married my cousin, and she was sterile, so we had to adopt retarded kids.
0: And, <laughs> yes.
1: And I wasn't making fun, but they would do it, and and I, would, and I would try to explain But it got to a point Yeah, it sucked, I couldn't do it But rather than Rather than Making a big stink And being a jerk about it And being more about, oh, stay it worse mm-hmm. You know Yeah, you can't Yeah, yeah, it is weird It's
0: all crazy Who are some of your, on that note Who are some of your favorite um, You know, present day comedians
1: Well, I don't i don't really i'm not a stand-up fanatic mm-hmm. so i watch netflix specials yeah i i like and who makes me laugh is either tv show i don't i don't like even like will ferrell movies broad movies i like movies like that are kind of dark but funny like you could argue and in its own way breaking bad was comedic cause, yeah
2: yeah
1: you know Something to break the tension where you know a dead body falls through the things to the bathtub. <laughs> or the flying the fly I mean, in the
0: meth lab. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. 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 I, I liked Breaking Bad because it was sort of comedic that you know, things like that that was so ridiculous with Jesse.
0: Mm-hmm. So Exactly. I mean
1: I like I like Triumph, you know, the insult comic dog. Yes. I think Robert Smigel is a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick and Morty.
0: Yeah, um, I love Rick and Morty.
1: Yeah, so i not stand-up fanatic or I, I want to watch this guy. Well, let me see his special, but um, I love that uh, show on Netflix. Um, what's that guy? I think you should leave. Have you seen that?
0: No, I haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh, you should see it. Okay, um, this guy, uh, Tim Robinson, um, I think he should leave. Um, I mean, I grew up loving Monty Python.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But I just loved um, just comedy specials. Mm-hmm. I mean, comedy uh, character actors. Yes. Uh, but, um, I mean, I loved Norm. Yeah. Uh, you know, his stuff on talk shows
0: speaking um, of the gate show how did that come about i've seen a couple of those and i think those are the greatest things ever
1: oh, thank you so much yeah. you know i had this idea and years ago they had something called adam.com which was like to remember it for a few years there was these like they were trying to have these little kind of um before even what's that thing called um youtube yeah, yeah, yeah. The, What was Bill Ferrell's thing? Um, funny, funny or, or die.
0: die. Yeah, Funny or Die.
1: All these all these networks were having these little, you kind of, uh, little stations.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely.
1: Um, you know, uh, and it kind of didn't work, but I always had that idea. And then, um, I pitched it to Adam.com. Mm-hmm. And, and I loved doing it, except it was a headache, all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. that I had to. Of the celebrities and contingent on who I can get. Right. So we only four of them. And uh, it just was, you know, keeping, you know, oh, it's sad, two of them are dead, Bob Saget and uh, um, Fred Willard were on it. Yeah. Paris Silverman did me a favor. Mm-hmm. So I always liked the idea, but yeah, I had to... Uh, Someone had to build a guard thing Mm -hmm. You know Because we don't get a studio lot So it it was a fun idea But it was hard to keep going
0: Yeah I thought it was great Especially Howie Mandel Sarah Silverman And the the Bob Saga episode was great
1: You know it's one of those things Where again you know It gets exhausting Like with a book You know you gotta get blurbs Celebrities or ask people to tweet your link and or and then I've had other pitch things where who can you get who can you get mm-hmm. like you're good but who's bigger than you yeah so uh, so that's where I got burned out where I tried to sell things contingent on who I could get so Howie was always a fan of mine he he remembered me when he'd come to from Canada first to New Jersey and my friend John Mendoza is good friend. so I remember. I had to make it easy. Like he was doing some show about uh, flash mobs or mm-hmm. something. So I had to go with my camera guy and get him into it in two minutes and, and make it look like he drew up, uh, drove up in another car.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, um, and we'd insert him. So he you know we it's like same thing with Sarah. We went to her um, and just made it easy like she sat in the car mm-hmm. and we made it you know and um, so
0: that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 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 now I get I get what you're saying completely.
1: box came to the set mm-hmm. and so did Fred Willard. but again, I it got to the point where with book events, who can you get to
0: I think with me, it's just been it's been this it's just this ridiculous love of I I don't know it's 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 as these as these times as the time goes on and as more and more people come out we're so over I feel like we're all so oversaturated nowadays with with what to even look at and watch and you know it's hard to know when you have 50,000 options from Netflix to Amazon to Hulu to this to that it's just what do you what do you focus on it's hard we're losing our will for attention span and you know, having been uh, raised and, and grown up on all of the, the kind of classics up to, like, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, and present day, those influences, that's part of why I started this podcast is I just felt so passionate about, like, you know, we, we while all these new things are coming out, we can't forget where we came from, you know?
1: You know, the- that that's why when I do a, a, a guest star part or a voiceover, like I said earlier, it feels like show business. Like, yeah, my dream, my seminal years was uh, just the people that pop on on shows. Oh, there's that guy. I'm glad he's working again. I like that guy. Yeah. You
0: know? Definitely. Well, you're definitely so, that person. That's so amazing. You know,
1: so, um, yeah, so that's why, uh, yeah, and it gets, it gets tiring because, you know, when I first started working... It was hard, but the stuff that came your way was more real. Now everyone has a sizzle reel, a YouTube thing they want to put on,
2: Mm -hmm. a short
1: spell because everyone can do it. Yeah. It seems there's more opportunity, but a lot more bullshit.
2: Right,
0: right, right. Completely. and and it's like this. Oh, go
2: ahead.
1: I got talked in, I get tired of being talked into doing things for free. Mm hmm. You know, Thanks. not this, but I'm saying. <laughs> I, but yes, 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 just you get like uh, not not so much you need the money or, but yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of delusion,
0: a lot of hurry up and yeah favors and things like that completely. And and nowadays too, it's like everyone with a phone or a laptop, you know, has the ability to Amen. create, and some of it just is not good. <laughs> it's just you know, it just
2: it's not,
1: not. good or. Delusional, or yeah, um, yeah. You yeah. know, and there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I'm not one of them. A hard up, like, oh, you got a mic, you got a a thing, oh, a, a camera. I'm, I'll run there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. But I, I respect that you have respect for, uh, you know, that era.
0: Thank you. I Just think it's you the, know, it's.
1: And the, another thing, I don't mean to be this embittered old guy, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, when I used to watch movies. I used to love the cameos, those little small parts. Yeah. Now they do, to, uh, you know, Vince Vaughn or their buddy or, a, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy, uh, the good-looking guy, I can't even think of his name, Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah. I, I like when a, a comedic cameo was just, some, oh, that guy, you know, he's not that famous. Mm-hmm. But you know who he is. So I, I miss those days.
0: Definitely. And I hope they come back. I mean, you know.
1: Was... I hope so. I think, uh, you know, just what's fun is fun.
0: Completely. Well, I have yeah. two, two final questions for you, and we'll wrap up this episode. Number one um, advice to aspiring actors, character actors, writers. What would you say to them who are listening?
1: Don't be a, a, a permanent student. Mm -hmm. um like in an acting class like they keep you dependent on them like you're not ready to leave and then they you know there there's no real rules or there's no real gospel so people prey on vulnerable people Mm -hmm. because there is no real way to make it or this or that that Gurus or classes or seminars, you know, well, self-anointed experts. You take their class, you take, you know, this workshop, you know, then you, um, you know, don't pray, you know, fall prey to, you know, people because you're vulnerable because there are no answers, right? You know, people claim they have the answers, um, and and don't. If you're a writer, write what you'd like to read or watch. Don't go, this is what they're looking for. This is hot. This is what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, just, you know, like look at Justin Roiland. He created what he loves, what he loves to watch. Yeah. You know, so don't, uh, yeah. And acting class or classes are okay. Mostly to find people at your level to share information. Mm-hmm. you know but don't be a permanent student or you know I knew friends that always would read more books on how to write you do it you just do it you right? learn
0: by doing yeah it's the experience
1: like like Stephen King in his book about writing gave the best advice read every day and write every day mm-hmm. you know just 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 do it and don't be paralyzed by perfectionism you know learn to suck and you'll get better yeah. you know rather than don't do what I used to do try out ideas on everyone and and for actors you're either the guy or not I used to beat myself up I did that note on the audition this or that you know you're either the person or not so yeah, you know, my advice
0: that's Pretty great advice, thank you. Oh,
1: yeah,
2: thank you.
0: And the last question, it's a little curveball. If you could be any character in the Wizard of Oz, which character would you be and why?
1: Hmm. The uh courage. Gear has been the thing I've been fighting my whole life. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Very profound yeah. What do you, what is it about fear that, that is, has stayed with you?
1: Um, my God, it's been my whole life.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> fear, just, um, I, I was, my mother, you know, was instilled all her fears in me. Um, she, I grew up, she's going, it's almost over, you know, of just, uh, I have more issues with shame over shame for being myself, shame, you know, just I, I, I wish I could have embraced who I am and acceptance.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: that's the issue. Well, it's not
0: Accept too late.
1: Myself, yeah.
0: Yeah. If you're still, you still kicking, it's not too late.
1: No, no, yeah. It's, um, you know, yeah, it's the acceptance that's the big thing yep. yeah yeah it's 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 good it's good because you know I just want to go where they want me and
0: and not and try to push so much right and just kind of go with the flow with everything and that's that's the biggest thing with life you know a friend of mine he says the only the only mystery in life is death you know and, it, and everything else in between it's you know we have we have options and you know if we can make the path of of least resistance and go with
2: least resistance
0: yeah you know
1: well if there's one thing i could change not beating myself up but then i beat myself up i beat myself up but yeah least resistance like there was a woman i had a crush on for 10 years and and i beat myself up i should have pushed harder but yeah there's a guy alan watts i listened to oh yeah uh, yeah definitely i love alan watts you know who
0: he is yeah of course I have, you're speaking my language now definitely
1: yes he talks about least resistance oh but, yeah you know you just go with it you don't you know go you know, I should have pushed harder it's like walking up Runyon canyon you you t- you walk it you don't go you don't compare your walk to others and go I should have done this I should have done that mm-hmm. that's what life is like like yeah you resist you go that's the least resistance and and I sometimes beat myself up I should have pushed but this is, uh, I went where it felt right.
0: Exactly. And that's all I that we, it. that's all we can do. I think it's, you know, if you lead with your heart and you lead with good intention and you, you know, you kind of try to gravitate to the things that make you the happiest, no matter what that is, well, you know, within reason. Um, yeah, within
1: and reason. And, and yeah, and yeah, exactly. like, I'm not pushing. Yes. Just, yeah. Just, uh, I'm here. So you're on a great path, 28. You know, Alan
0: Watts. Oh heck yeah! You're <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that's that's been it. You know, it's like my my life. You know, I've seen has has seen a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of death very early. Um, you know, my mother, or brother passed when I was very young and moved around a lot. And um, but art and and creativity and things like that. I came to LA when I was 21. I've always loved LA, not for fame or fortune or anything, but just to thought well you know if i'm going to be creative i might as well do it in a beautiful place um where things are always happening and that's all it's ever been was just you know like i said you know lead you lead with the heart you go go towards what makes you happy and you just that changes and you learn lessons and you you kind of roll with it you see what happens it's
1: yeah it took me a while to learn to stop pushing i mean i nap a lot because i i think i've been doing you know for 40 years in this business, and my mind gets burnt out to trying to figure out where to go, what to do, what should I work on, what should I push, what should I pursue, mm-hmm. and I, I let it go. But it's exhausting. My mind is in this has been for 40 years in this mindset set of push, push, try to figure things out. Where
2: yeah. I
1: decided I've done enough. Meaning, not meaning I don't want to do more, but I've done enough and mm-hmm. just be. want to be
0: completely completely and that's and that's the most beautiful that's the that's a beautiful part about life I mean we you know we get so caught up in the past we get caught up in the present or I mean the future the past and the future and it's like I had this conversation last night with someone um it's it's kind of like neither neither the past or tomorrow exist anymore you know and right now is literally
1: up Trying to stay relevant, like pushing, pushing, you know, on social media. And it's like, Mm -hmm. look, look what I got going on. Look what I got going on.
0: Exactly. Look how great I am. Like my stuff. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You know,
0: marketing. You are so
1: together. Thank
0: you. you Appreciate it. Need
1: any advice or whatever? Feel free to hit me up, as they
0: say. Thank you, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have further conversations. Especially now, I know you like Alan Watts and all that jazz. You know, well, that's where the real I live stuff by is.
1: Grow, if you're ever around, yeah, Farmers Market, I'm always there. Absolutely. Always getting caught.
0: You know what? I was uh, the. Have you been to um, the Patsy? Is Patsy Demore's Pizzeria in the Farmers Market?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's such a
0: great spot.
1: Yeah. No, I, I live two blocks. So I'm, yeah, it just. It, my way with social anxiety you could just peek peek and have a little conversation go home you know it's just good to people watching it's great
0: and it's such a historic beautiful place we'll have to do something sometime soon
1: absolutely
0: Um, yeah i'm so happy that you came on the podcast and shared you know so much insight lessons uh advice to aspirings all of that thank you so much
1: my pleasure. You have a great day and hope to, you know, bump into Oh, hey.
0: Whoops. <laughs> Accidentally oh, I hung up too early. To that was an accident. I uh, didn't say goodbye. Anyway, I hope to bump into you as well. And one more time, this has been uh, Calling Old Hollywood. And this has been Fred Stoller. Thank you.
1: Thank you.